This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Allen. I am J.P. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. We're doing this one a little different. Uh, we are actually going to record this episode before the interview. We're interviewing yeah. this artist uh, this evening. Yeah. And I was like, let's try it a little different. Yep. Um, normally we interview them and then, you know, talk about that. It's but. often months between when we sure. talk to an artist and when we actually record the their inter- episode. There is one that I already have on the calendar that I'm not going to tell you which one it is, Rob, but I've mapped it out. It's going to be right at a year. Whoa. <laughs> so I'll tell you about that one later. But wow. to this one, we're actually doing so that we can get it out in your ears quick. Yeah. Because this is good stuff. Um, Rob, you can tell them about what we're talking about. Oh, and, uh, I am play so excited for this. And it's, it's rare. I think we've done, I think the only other artist that we've done this with would be Paul McCartney, that we've covered their band and them individually. Have we done that with anybody else? Else yet. I don't think so, but I know we got to do eventually Sting. Eventually, we will do it with Clapton. <laughs> and Sting. And Sting. Yes, that's right. We haven't done the police. Are you uh, kidding me? Oh, man. Um, but so today, we're doing this for just the second time that we've covered an, ar- an artist and their band. But this doesn't count as a duplication because no. we did uh, the band before, that's and right. this is just his solo song. His solo version. Solo version of this. That's so. right. So we are doing the Colin Hay solo version of Overkill. Let's take a listen. Can get to sleep. I think about the implications of diving in too deep. So beautiful. And possibly the complications, especially at night. I worry over situations. I know we'll be alright. Perhaps it's just imagination. Day after day it reappears Night after night my heartbeat shows the fear Ghosts appear and fade away That second guitar coming in is everything, dude. All right, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. That is overkill. And that's by how Colin you play. Hay. That's how you play in detuning, right there, kids. Right? That's how you do it. Yes. So he's tuned down a whole step live, playing it in E. That makes sense. He's because I saw him do it at a at, low on, low E down to D, top E down to D. Oh, amazing fingering of chords. Okay, I thought the whole thing was just tuned no. down. Uh-uh. Wow, it's it's cool. Okay, so. I can't wait to hear about that. Um, that is overkill. Over, I almost said overhay. That is overkill by Colin Hay um, <laughs> of Minute Work, but that is the Colin Hay uh, st- uh, studio acoustic version from the 2003 album Man at Work, um, and also the original version, the 1983 Minute Work album. 
Cargo, which was the follow-up to their first album, Business as Usual. And we'll play a little bit of that too because you may, you know, you'll probably recognize that version more. But you may just as well know this version as um, as the original because this has taken on its own life and it's appeared in things and 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 we'll talk about that uh, a little bit about the minute work version because there's some chart information that I obviously want, want to get into the minute work version in '83 went to number three on the Billboard Hot 100 and Hot Mainstream Rock tracks. It went number six on the Hot AC tracks, number five in Australia. Uh, that's the band's native Australia. Um, number six in Canada, number nine, Ireland, number 21 in the UK. It was the number 54 pop single for all of 1983. Um, we're not going to go as in depth on minute work as we, because we've already done that an episode on them. So we, season one, episode 21 for wow. those of y'all that want to go listen back to that thing. Wow. It was that but, long but ago. Be gracious as you go back. <laughs> Cause that was almost four years ago. We've we learned getting, a lot. Oh, yeah, we've changed come a very, things, very so long way. Listen, uh, graciously, but we we went deep dive on minute work on that on that episode. Um, so if you want the full experience, you can back to back these. Um, the album Cargo. This was the second single from Cargo, um, and uh, Cargo went number one in Australia, number two in New Zealand, number three on Billboard, and number eight in the UK. Huge album. I think sometimes minute work gets um, overlooked or undervalued as as a band because. I think maybe it's because of their sort of sense of humor that they you come you come off thinking they weren't as serious a band as they were, you know. That makes sense. But but uh they I mean they had they had monster hits. Two two back to back albums with monster hits. Yeah. Um they are a uh, if you go and just look at like Minute Works greatest hits, they are a band to be reckoned with. Sure. For sure. They're not just an 80s, you know, joke thing. And if you just said, "Hey, we did 2 minute work episodes and we didn't do Down Under." <laughs> Like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and actually, the, the funny thing about the Cargo album was they held off the release. They had to hold off the release by almost a year because business as usual wouldn't leave the charts for long enough. You know what I mean? It wouldn't – it was still it was still doing so well that they had to push back the release of Cargo because they didn't want to um, – they didn't want Cargo to get missed. I do want to I, – I, I said this was the second uh, single from the album Cargo. The first was the their song Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive, which I love. Do you know that one? Remember Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive? That's the other one on the, the Cargo album. Yes, yes, this was the first single. Let me play just a little bit of this. It starts out sort of what you would think, okay, yeah, this is Minute Work. It sort of sounds like Minute Work. But the when the chorus hits, the texture of the of the harmonies and everything is oh, so good. I remember being struck by this song as a kid um, going, that's something different. You know what I mean? It opens like a spooky sound effects album. You go, oh yeah, that sounds like Minute Work. You know what I mean? It's got that sort of that sort of Minute Work swagger. All right, and then you get, let's get to the chorus. Off to work he goes in the name of science and all its wonders. This is the song. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. This is the story of Dr. 
some really rich harmonies in That's there, good, dude. Yeah. I, I just love that. I've always loved that song. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was the first single from Cargo, and then Overkill was the second-minute work single from uh, Cargo. Do you want to play a little of the Cargo version of Overkill? Sure, so might as well while we're hear, on Cargo. Hear a little, uh, little more sax And it also, it also sounds, you know, it also sounds more like Minute Work. It just, I mean, it just does. A really good guitar solo in here, too. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that opening sax. It's that same sort of bouncy, bouncy. up-tempo. So, while we're playing it this this way, I gotta say that I had, like, Minute Work's Greatest Hits when I was a teenager. And it, I didn't appreciate this song as much until I heard the acoustic version. Um, on Scrubs? On Scrubs, yes. And so... We might as well get into it, uh, but the 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 way that I was introduced to the acoustic version, which is the same way that many of us were, uh, was on the TV show Scrubs. On the uh, first episode of the second season of Scrubs, there he basically plays this entire song, and he's he's a character in the show on that episode. He's actually a dead guy, he, he or he ends up a dead guy. He starts off like on the bench, and he's following around Zach Braff's character sort of throughout the day, getting coffee. Ends yeah. up in the closet with him in the song. Yeah, <laughs> yes, in a very sort of awkward, like, he's just, like, singing, and That's Zach Rabbit's like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and, uh... And then, and he's in the closet trying to be quiet. And that's when he goes up the octave. Uh-huh. I can't get to sleep. And it's like, uh, it's like, God, can you please shut up? <laughs> so, uh, and he ends up, he ends up a cadaver in the, uh, you know, in the morgue, and he's cold, and they're putting a toe tag on him and putting him in the, you know, putting him in the thing. Um, and uh, but I heard it, hearing the song done that way. I just went, that's how this song goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The original version is great. But but the but this the lyric way, fits this delivery better. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It does feel more um more like thoughtful, I guess this way. More more like um I mean the first line, the I can't get to sleep. Yeah. Setting it off with this feel is just it's completely different for me than yes. I can't get to sleep over the original. Yeah. Like from the gates. I'm yes. like, it's a completely different song. Yes. This way, uh, done acoustically um, and with a little bit slower tempo and a little bit milder mood, mm-hmm. it it makes the whole song more like haunting. Yeah. And um, and like you said, it really just fits more of what the I think the song actually is um, this way. Um, I just want to talk about some stuff that I love about this version um, as, I, as I listen. First of all, the chord on um on the i guess we'll call it the pre-chorus the day after day is it's a b minor version yes it's like a b minor um but it's not really but it has an augmented um note in it it has an augmented fifth in it let's let's take a listen to that one more time day after okay you hear that that First of all, that's with the second guitar in there. And we've talked about this same chord, interestingly enough, on our Minute Work episode uh, it, uh, when we're doing Who Can It Be Now? Because it's got that boom, dum, 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 bah, bah, bah. It's that same, that same chord spelling. Uh, it's shown up here again in Overkill. Let me, let me break it down to just this, the, uh, the single acoustic so you can hear it more. So you're going to hear 
bum is the root of the chord. And then you've got the fifth. And then you're also going to hear this note that's a half step above the fifth. Okay. You, you won't call it an augmented chord because an augmented chord, you don't have the regular fifth at all. You only have a raised fifth. So it's like a sharp fifth. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a B minor add sharp five, uh-huh. I guess you would call it. Yeah. Cause it's um, not quite a seven. And it's no, not, um, and it's, it's more and than it's a not, five. It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's one step below a thirteen, uh-huh. and it's a half, and it's a half step above a above a uh, above a five. So it's like in between. So you get bum 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 bum. So it's really it's really great chord. Day after day, uh, that's the note. So it's really weird because his melody is day after day, and he's playing that note. Night after night, my heartbeat shows. Well, that, and, and, and that second version of what would be the A chord yeah. is played different than the first A chord, or yes. which is the second chord of the chorus. He plays it differently yeah, with a different voicing. And then that leads into one of my favorite chord progressions. And in, th- in this version, there is no harmony. On the, on the minute work version, uh, there's a harmony that does this walk down thing there on the ghost appear uh, uh, that, okay, the, the chords on shows the fear, ghosts appear, that the combination of that rhyme and those chords and the harmony that it produces, the, the sort of counter melody that it produces is lightning in a freaking bottle. <laughs> <laughs> magical beyond what I can express. But let me let me I just point it out so you guys can can maybe appreciate it a little more. Okay, so listen to Shows the Fear, Ghosts Appear. Night after night, my heartbeat shows the fear. Yeah, that's suspended, then it moves down. Ghosts appear. And that next chord is suspended. So what you get is the harmony of it, you get, first of all, it's such an interesting progression, and it's both of those chords are suspended. Um, so what it is, it's a five chord that's suspended on shows, the fear, okay? And then it's a three major so suspended. So basically kind of like a D over F sharp though, right? Isn't no, it a no, one no, over three? No, F sharp major. It's an F sharp major, yes. okay. And, uh, but it's suspended. Okay. So you go from uh, A major suspended yeah. to F sharp, F sharp suspended. Okay. Okay. It, th- does that make sense? Yeah. So they're both suspended I- and resolving, and then it drops down a, f- a, 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 um, a flat third, the chord does, from an A to an F sharp uh-huh. major, and then to the G. And so you get this beautiful then um, uh, like counter melody or harmony on the, on the, the minute word version that goes... Night after night, my heartbeat shows the fear. Ghosts appear. Uh, it's just per- It's like incredible. <laughs> Those suspensions create this beautiful harmony. That's good. That I just cannot get enough of. It's I wait for it every single time. And when I and when I heard this version. Those changes became clear uh, versus me not catching it in the because <laughs> they in the appeared. Version, there's, there's, it's all going on, <laughs> you know. Um, so when I heard it that way, I was like, "Oh man, these it, chords are just." It's so neat beautiful. because he, I've, I watched a video on how he plays it, and that's mm-hmm. how I learned the tuning and everything. Okay, but he's like, and then I'm going to do this kind of thing, and so he doesn't really say he doesn't spell out what the chord is. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to play this here, and then so you know you're following along, but yeah. he doesn't say that it's an F sharp. May diminish. Yeah, F sharp major. Major. 
Suspended. Suspended. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to do this thing. So I'm like, well, that's <laughs> definitely an F sharp on the bottom. Yeah. So, and it looks like a one on top, but, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, there you yeah. go. Well, there's, your, there's your theory for the episode. Um, okay. Oh, and on the verse, it's basically, it just walks down in half steps. Yep. And so if we're, if we're in D, it's just basically D, D and then over C sharp. Yeah. And then C and then over basically a B. Yeah. Right, yeah. Those are your your base your notes. notes. The chords are kind of shifting over those. Um, the third verse, we talked about the, the second acoustic coming in on the second verse that just adds a whole other layer of beautiful. Um, and then the third verse, he goes up the octave on the vocals, and it is just so good. And somehow he manages to stay, like, subdued. Even He's not screaming to get up <laughs> yeah. here, you know what I mean? He's really in control vocally. Uh-huh. And even if you watch him do it live... He's just very, he doesn't change anything. He doesn't rare, rare back to hit these notes or anything. It's just all there. Yeah. Um, and even now, you know, so long after these originals were, were, were created. Um, so let's, let's hear this. Let's do it. And then my, um, one of my favorite things about this is too deep on the third verse. Uh, just, oh, it just gets me. Listen, it's perfect. I can't get to sleep. I think about the implications. <laughs> Come on, Colin. <laughs> and then this situations that I worry over situations that that's amazing, dude. Just the the melodic choices and the chord choices on this song throughout are just incredible. <laughs> like just unbeatable. Um okay, should we A meet the band or B stump the genius? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll fly through Meet the Band, and then we'll stump the genius. Play the quick jingle of Meet the Band, and we'll fly through it. Okay. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to go through Meet the Band because we're basically just talking about this acoustic version, but yep. I want to touch on a lot of the band members that played on the album. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to rapid fire them real quick. Colin, obviously, um, Jeff Babco on organ and piano, Louis Conti on percussion, Jonathan Dressel on drums, Jimmy Earl on bass. I want to pause on him for just a second because he's the bass player in the Jimmy Kimmel band. Oh, cool. And in the 90s, he played this awesome Warwick bass, which was the Jimmy Earl Signature Series Stage 2. Love that bass. So anyway, That's awesome. Check now he out. plays Fender jazz basses um, pretty much exclusively, but go back and look at the... Interesting. So you go... Why would you go Warwick? from having your own... Oh, it's not his signature series. Oh, it's I'm not sorry. the. Uh, you know, it must be because it's the Jimmy Earl signature series uh, yeah. stage two. That's yeah. his own bass. Why would you go to play in a Fender... I don't know. Why would you drop your own signature well, series? It's, I mean, the look and the sound is... Um, it's a Warwick. Uh-huh. So it's... If you're playing in the Jimmy Kimball stage band, uh-huh. he maybe just wants to be the traditional jazz. I don't know, though. Interesting. You're not playing your own signature series. Yeah. I did not even think about that. Anyway. I guess you just change partnerships. It's probably a lot more simple explanation than we would want it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. Uh, saxophone, multiple sax players. Well, multiple um, horn players through this, but... Bill Esparza on sax, Chad Fisher on percussion, Mario Gonzalez on trumpet, Greg Ham on flute. So we bring him; he brings him back to yeah. on flute and plays a little bit. And we talk a lot about Greg in the in the Meet the Band section of the Minute Workout yep. uh, episode. Um, Andres Hernandez on turntables because there's some turntables on this album. Um, Eric Jorgensen on trombone, Cecilia Noel on piano. Lee Thornburg on trumpet, Guillermo Vidala also on bass, and Lyle Workman plays some guitar, as does Toshi Yanagi, who I think they're the other guitar players on the Colin okay. 
version that we the, just heard. The one thing that dates this album a little bit is the thing that dates almost all pop albums from this era, and it is the presence of uh, of like filtered loops. Yes, uh, you know what good. I mean. Yeah. It's it doesn't sound bad, but we, you know when you hear these uh, these filtered loops really high in the mix that you're talking early two thousands. Uh, I don't know every. It seems like every band put out an album in that era where they sort of and it, he didn't overuse them, but they but you suddenly they become very present because it's like the the. Uh, the the floodgates were open for digital production, and so er, you know what I mean. Everybody's yeah. using Pro Tools and the and throwing in loops, and it became the cool thing to get that, yeah, you know, yeah, kind good. of stuff in there. So that's good. I like um, it. That's the one. Uh, otherwise, you would just go. This album could have been put out two years ago. Uh-huh. You know, for the most part, um, it's a great album too. It's got. Um, I listened to the whole thing again on the way on the way up. It's got re uh, you know acoustic ver- uh, versions of a lot of the minute work hits, some uh, redone versions of his songs, yep. re- re-releases, it's and then some unreleased a, tracks. It's basically a retrospective of his career. It's uh, true. And yeah, it's, to that point. It's got, I like the version of "Who Can It Be" now on there. It actually yeah. has two versions of "Down Under." So uh, it closes out with one true, with does, the wild clams, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, but the one that it's got the one that we played, which is heard on Scrubs, but the, it closes with a different one as well too. Yeah, uh, of down under. Um, so let's uh let's let's stop the genius. Okay, let's do it. Stop the genius. Stop the genius. Stop the genius. It's time to stop the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, we're gonna play Stump the Genius. All right. Colin Hay edition. Right. Listen, it's it's a new season. It's a new day. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> we're gonna play Colin versus Hay. Is it Colin? Okay, I'm gonna let me give you some, so I'm gonna play you. <laughs> Seven country songs. Okay. One's going to be about calling. Okay. It's going to be about a phone call. Call, like calling. Like like Southern calling. Okay. The other is going to be about hay. So it's either going to, or one of them is going to be about either farm work, like this is about farm life, this is about hay, or this is about phone calls, this is about calling. That's so funny. So this is country slash folk, calling versus hay. Okay. Here we go. Calling versus hay. All right. Stump the genius edition. And I'm only going to give you a little bit of each one and see how well you do. Here we go. First one. I hope the record. You gotta be careful because it's all yeah, country. It's all country. Oh man. I think this is about hay. This is about hay. hay. This is She Thinks My Tractor's okay. Sexy all right. by Kenny Chesney. Good job. That's I, about I thought, hay. I ding, thought ding, it ding, might ding, be ding. Kenny Chesney. Is this. Uh, do I know this song? You, you might. It was a hit. I think this is about hay, too. This is also about yeah. hay. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. This is Where the Green Grass Grows by Tim McGraw. Okay. Two for two. <laughs> Number this three. This is my favorite stuff the genius ever. Colin versus hay. This takes a minute to get into. I, I really like this song. Oh, what a bass lick. Oh, dude, this song is beautiful. I recognized you know well, there's a hint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. It's called. Well, this I was going to guess. That was going to I was going to guess. It's called. This is Last Call by Leanne Womack. It's okay, a beautiful right. song. Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> I was going to guess, I promise. Wow, this is some old school This is old right school. Wow. Is this Colin? This is Colin. Yeah. This is Wichita Lineman okay. by Glenn Campbell. Rob is killing it. Four Man. for four. I should have grabbed the bell. That's right over Russian, there. Here we go. Number five. Oh, no. 
Oh, I no. think I gotta stop uh, you. Is this Amarillo by Morning? No, this oh, okay. is Operator oh. by Jim Croce. Oh, okay. So, uh. I'm not going to count that one because okay. you didn't pick okay. Hay. You didn't pick Colin or Hay, so we'll throw that one out. Okay. Because you ask about a song. Okay, here we go. And also, it's Jim Croce Country. Fo- I said folk. This, here's a quarter call. Someone there we go. That's Travis Tritt. That's, That's Colin. Travis and the last one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a trick. This is Rocky Top. This is Rocky Top. So, this is Colin. This is both. It's both. Because corn don't grow, oh, hey, okay. and ain't no telephone okay. bills. You cannot go wrong okay. on Rocky Top right. the okay. way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Colin versus hey. Man. Well done, Rocky. Fantastic. That was outstanding. That was fun. Well done. Let's well done. uh I do wanna I do wanna touch a little bit on covers. Yeah. But what if we saved that for after the interview? Okay. Like let's let's do the interview and then let's close it out with some covers. Okay. So we'll do a little something different. Feels um good. if that feels good with you. Yeah. All right. Let's, so you guys stick around. We got because there are some some significant covers that we want to get to. Um and we will want to touch on something after we do the interview. So we'll want to talk a little bit. Yeah. Like that's after true. Because we, we're gonna in this case, us us recording before we talk to Colin. In case there's we'll Something we'll probably we want to react get to something. To or yeah, get, yeah. get through. Okay. So. All right. So we're going to take you now to our interview with Colin Hay. We'll be back to tuck you in at the end. In the meantime, go see us on social media. Join the Facebook group. It's the best thing about this show, the Facebook group, where you guys talk to each other and build some community and get to know each other. Facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod, or you can just search for the group. It is called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Uh, you can hit us up anywhere on social media at Great Song Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and if you want to go the extra mile and be part of supporting the show and creating the show and producing the show, you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod uh, and throw some support that way. And we can say thank you by giving you things like bonus material, uh, early releases, extended interviews and the like. Um, so we hope you'll do that and make yourself a part of the show um, and enjoy what's going on with the worldwide Great Song Podcast audience. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to talk to Colin Hay. We'll be back with you in a few, and uh, we'll see you later. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with the Colin Hay of Minute Work, of Colin Hay, of all the things. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for being with us today, Colin. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. I was I was thinking at one point of changing my name to and to Colin Hay of Men at Work. Yeah, sure. Why not? Right. <laughs> Make it simpler. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, um, I, I guess first things first. I, I read a little bit of the of kind of the story of Overkill uh, in in my own research, but I'd rather hear it straight from you. Can you tell us kind of the backstory uh, uh, behind the song and 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 what made you, uh, you know, what what kind of mood you were in when you when you wrote Overkill? can't really remember exactly what kind of mood I was in, but I, I remember um, coming up with it, uh, the music of it, and, and thinking that it was interesting. Um, I know with when you're playing it on guitar, um, you know, who can it be now? You would go from the E down to the D, uh, you know, just moving down two frets. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that had been a hit. So, you know, I thought to myself, well, that's a pretty good idea. I'm going to try. <laughs> But I won't go as far. So I just kind of <laughs> played the E and went down to the E flat. I thought, oh, I won't travel far this time and see if that works as well. <laughs> and, then D and I thought, oh, that works well as well. And then to the D flat. And so that became the verses. And um, uh, But um, I think that uh, at that particular moment in time, um, it was when Men at Work was um, 
really on its way to becoming very successful. And so, so nothing stays the same, uh, or or you're you're you know you walk around your whole life in a, in a fairly anonymous fashion, just walking around the streets and and uh, taking note of what's going on. And I just thought to myself, well. Um, from this point on, everything's going to change, you know, everything's going to be different. And, um, and so, um, I thought, you know, I'd always wanted to be in a successful rock and roll band. And I thought, well, this is now happening. So, uh, and, and there was, there's always a kind of an unknown uh, quality to that. Like, you know, what's, what's life going to be like, you know, once you step into the unknown. So I think there was a bit of that going on with that song about just kind of, uh, you know, being trying to figure out if you're prepared for that, and and also I was starting. I think I was starting to struggle a little bit with even then with with um, with some. I was worried about the fact that I was developing a drinking problem, you know. And so there was a lot of there was a bit of you know a, a darkness permeating my dreams, you know. And so I think that that um, that perhaps you know added added to to the haunting quality of the song. But um, at the end of the day, I, when I came up with that, I thought I thought it was pretty good. You know, I thought I thought for the first time, I thought that maybe I could I could actually um, do it for a living, you know, be a songwriter. That's really interesting. <laughs> and I think haunting is a great word to describe uh, to describe overkill and particularly even more so your solo version. Um, and I think, uh, as, as, as probably a lot of people of my age, um, I was, I was still a young kid in the eighties when the original came out. Um, and so I knew it, but of the minute work stuff, um, you know, that I was familiar with overkill was not at that point, one of my, um, you know, one of my favorites, but then hearing it done, the acoustic version, uh, on scrubs is, is where I, and I'm sure a lot of people discovered this version of it, um, was really eye opening for me and made me absolutely fall in love with both versions of the song. Um, but I think, but I think even more so than the, than the full band version with minute work, the acoustic version really captures the, the haunting quality of the song. Have you found that to be true yourself? Is that why you started, uh, toying with it that way? Well, I, it wasn't a conscious thing. I, I I just played the song acoustically, and that's really that's really the way it the way it, the way it came out. It was, I probably uh, played it a little bit slower because I was you know a bit older and not moving as fast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think that that you know the men at work version was 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 fine. It was it was probably a little bit jaunty, you know. Uh-huh. Back then we played everything very fast. I think because it was just that's just what we did, you know. Um, but um, even when I play, even when I play it with a band now, it probably lopes along at a, just a slightly slower groove, which I think is where the song should be. You know, I agree. I like it, and I like the <clears throat> thing that you did on where you did it. You actually do a YouTube video where you show people how to play it. That's so kind of you to a do that. It's not every day you get to see that, but I, I love the way you explain the tuning and everything, and talking about the dr- drone chords or vague chords as you call them. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. that was really really tasty the way you did that. And for us, you know, aspiring guitar players or whatnot, it's fun to know the the way that you do it. Yeah. So, well, I think that I think that that's interesting in the sense that um, the drop D tuning. Uh, is something that kind of permeated the the uh, some of the men at work songs which which were orig- originally written on acoustic guitar uh, so that was the first versions of them were really on acoustic because that's how they were written and so 
And so what, what really happened is that when they got transposed to electric and being in, being in a pop or a rock band, it still had some kind of different quality to it because of that kind of slight creating the creating the drone notes with whatever whether it's in you know we'd play with the drop Ds but the but the capo was in the second fret so you'd you'd be still playing an E so you but those chords with a kind of with a with a raised five and which is what which is what in who can it be now and it's also in in Overkill, and it's in a couple of other songs as well. Um, I think that that was a, a bit of a feature of the of the kind of musical chordings of of, of my old band. You know, just because it was it was such it was so much fun to play with with um with that with that tuning. There's so much that <laughs> that raised five really gives that chord an extra ratchet of of tension, uh, and I think yeah. particularly it works well on this song. I, I just love it so much. Um, when you were on, uh, scrubs originally with, um, you know, doing this, doing this, uh, you got a full, basically a full three plus minute music video for this solo <laughs> version of overkill, uh, where you played, I don't know, three, four different, well, one character in three, four different settings. And you end up, you go from all the way from being alive to being dead. It's like a, you know, a whole thing. Um, <laughs> tell us about how that sort of how that relationship with Zach Braff came about, how you ended up on scrubs with several musical appearances and then in. Garden State. How did that all begin? Um, well, we have a we have a mutual friend, uh, two mutual friends actually. Um, uh, Zach, uh, a, a guy called Chad Fisher, who was one of one of the first people that I that I became very good friends with when I came to Los Angeles in '91. I met him, I think maybe '93, and and he was he had just arrived in Los Angeles. He's a great composer, musician, and uh, a songwriter, and and so. Um, Chad knew a guy called Kerry Brothers, who's a singer-songwriter. So he's a really good friend of of Zach's, and so he, he they came down to you see me play at Largo, which is where I actually I still play. Um, but I I played back then, and so he brought Zach down to to see me play, and he liked my show, and um, so he was aware of my music. But um, I saw him at a party at Chad's house one night, and he told me that he, this was before he was in Scrubs. He said, oh, I've got this gig in this television show. And I said, oh, good man. He said, I'm going to be the star. And I thought, well, more power to you. And he said, <laughs> I'm going to take some of your music in there and see if um, I can get it on the show. And I said, well, that would be fabulous. So uh, he did that. You know, He took it to a guy called Bill Lawrence, who was a creator of the show. And Bill Lawrence listened to it, Overkill, a number of other songs as well, like Beautiful World and stuff like that. And uh, and I think that Bill Lawrence, Bill Lawrence told me that he got a little bit annoyed because of the fact that you know my music wasn't getting more exposure. So he he decided to take a, take it upon himself to try and change that, you know, by by having a few of my songs in in the show. And so. He did that. He and he and Zach, uh, both of them were responsible for giving me a lot of exposure on the show, and so it really increased my live audience uh, by uh, 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 quite a quite a, a big amount. And also, um, it, it could have dropped the the average age by about twenty or thirty years. That's as well. right. Get that, that young viewer. That's good. Yeah, and then they also featured it in that same season. They featured basically the entire cast or most of the cast uh, singing "Waiting for My Real Life to Begin." Um, yeah. What level of involvement did you have with that? Did you did you enjoy seeing no. the song used that way? 
I did, but I had no involvement really. They just licensed the song, and then um, that was the last I I had of it until I saw it in the show. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The uh, there's parts of these where we just throw out stuff that we really like about our artists. Um, I am a huge fan of your. I really like your. Are you looking at me? Album. Uh, the title track from that one in 2007 is fantastic. With a great supporting cast with Chad Fisher on drums, Larry Golding on keys, helping you out. I think that's a great project. And I and Rob had a question about a song. I'm going to kick it to him because I thought this was super cool about yeah. the meter on this song. On, I was I was listening uh, to uh, to the Man at Work album uh, again on the way up today. And uh, <clears throat> one of my favorites on the Man at Work album is Looking for Jack. I, I think that song is fantastic. I love the sonically, I think it's great. As a song, I think it's great, and I love your voice on it. Um, but I wonder if you wouldn't mind, you, and you've obviously been keen to talk a little music theory already, uh, I, I wonder if you wouldn't mind kind of breaking down how you count the rhythm in the chorus for us. Someday. Normally, I would sit down and figure this out on myself, but I figure since we've got you, let me ask from you: How do you count that chorus, the someday lines? How do you what's what's the meter on that? Um, I have to think about that for a second. Um, just, let me think about it for one second. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I turn it into a six eight. Um, you know when it goes um um. Oh no, I can't. I don't know whether it's six eight. I think them. I, I when I when I think about that song, it seems like com- completely instinctively correct to me. I don't mm-hmm. actually think about the meter. Other people do, like uh, drummers that I work with. They all do. They all yeah. go. Wow. It's just and, it's muscle memory. Yeah. You just jump in and you go with it. That's awesome. It's it's well. It's just it's kind of na- it sounds natural to me. It's yeah. but kind of but it's where I hear the beat. You know, it's going to it's like It'll be one two three four five six one two three four five six one two one two three four five six one two. I think I think there's. That's great. This yeah, I think it's two six eight, and then there's a one, two, and then there's one. There's a bar of two, and then it does, it does it again. I can't really. I can't remember. <laughs> hey, that, that's oh, cl- oh, that's oh. close enough. Yep. I'm just glad we made you have to think about it. That made me, <laughs> that made me feel better about not being able to pick it up uh, immediately, uh, right off the yeah. cup. <laughs> the um, we uh, are. <laughs> The best thing about that song was actually uh, the fill that um, Chad Wackman originally played on the original one that I did uh, on um, the, the album Looking for Jack in 1986. Uh-huh. Uh, he played uh, because he, you know, he played across the bar uh, as an, as the intro. So it's a really really tricky fill to get because it uh, because you come in I think on the end of, of one of the notes. Yeah, and then. You come in on the and then the band comes in on the on the one of the of the of the first of the first bar where the band comes in, but that's really hard to get unless you you know unless you um, count it in a certain way. 
I love the, it. Uh, we do want to definitely talk on the new album, too, yes. which is fantastic. A couple things. I know that you mentioned uh, Waterloo Sunset was playing in your head. Ray Davies is such a good writer. Do you think your mm. writing style ever lyrically kind of mirrored his or anything you took for him? Like the every day I look at the world from my window is a line. The way he paints that visually is kind of similar to the way that you visually write lines. Do you think you've ever taken anything from Ray Davies in a songwriting standpoint? Completely. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, um, I mean, the Kings were incredible and he's a, obviously a, a master songwriter and, a, and one of the greatest, but I think there was something um, that, you know, he always had an introspective quality. He always had, he was always uh, thoughtful. There was always more there than you thought was there, whether it's, um, you know, one of my favorite songs from the, from, from him was when he used to sing um, a well-respected man, you know, I just that, you know the, you know the darkness of of his lyrics as well. You know, yeah, absolutely. He would, be a little he heavier. Often, <laughs> you know, he would often shroud things with humor, or he would shroud yep. things in 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 uh, you know as just a some kind of ploy. But but yeah, he's he's one of my great heroes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I know you said you grew up on the Kinks and Dusty Springfield. Did you ever get to meet Dusty? No, never did. No. That would that would have been legendary. The uh, I, one question too about because I know Rob is a huge Delamitri fan, oh, massive. So driving with the brakes on has to make Rob's day coming on yeah, here. I'm uh, so excited to hear how is it? How is it? Uh, um, how is it? You came came. I guess the the Scotland connection with Delamitri is is, is pretty obvious. Um, well, yeah, but it wasn't so much that. I just they were they had. Um, I think they came through in a you know they came through in a pretty big way in the early nineties. Yeah. Um, and, um, so I, I had a record, a record or two of them and, um, and they had a, I think they had a hit too. What was the song they had that was, Roll, uh, Roll to Me was their Roll hit. To me, Roll yeah. to Me was their big hit over here. It's like a two yeah. minute song, but yeah. And that, that's a great song. So he's, you know, he's, he's a great writer. Justin Curry's um, a machine. You're right. He's fantastic. awesome. Yeah. But that song, that song just, you know, when you, when you just put it on and you listen to it. You, it's one of those songs that just grabs you and you think to yourself, well, it just doesn't get any better than this, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, I know, but so we'll take this opportunity to make sure and say, uh, everybody, go check out uh, the new album. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, it released on August 6th, so make sure you check that one out. Uh, it's it's fantastic, and, and we were privileged to get uh, some advanced copy of it, so uh, we're, we're real excited about it for you. We hope it does really well for you. Um, yeah. You know, really have a listen to driving with yeah, driving with the brakes on because I, I, I have to say I, I really love what my partner Chad Fisher did with the orchestration and stuff, and it was such an amazing song to perform and to sing. I just I'm I'm so happy, I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, and there's a there's for you Beatles fans. He he picked good Beatles tracks on there too, so you'll you'll, you'll enjoy that. It's a, it's the wise play on that. Um, I have one question about the video for Overkill. I meant to ask about that. Do you remember shooting that? Was that video shot in Melbourne? Is that correct? You're yeah. rock, rocking that blue jacket, shirt unbuttoned, Melbourne. silhouettes everywhere, cars just flying by. Um, how how involved are you in the music video uh, production of that track of that uh, video? Well, um, we all were, we were back then because we we worked primarily with two guys: a guy called John Witteron, who sh- who shot the videos mainly, and another guy called Tony Stevens, and um, he was the editor. And there were just two of them, pr- prime, and and you know, they were friends of ours, and and um, and with that with that video, um, 
that was John Witteron's idea. He just wanted it to be pretty much me and, and you know, create some of those effects. He used to shoot on film, and so he was a bit of a snob in that way. He he, he liked <laughs> he liked old you know old school film, and then he had this idea of just um of of you know creating creating that effect of of in the background of of the of the of the of the lights and the cars you know flying by at a faster pace and stuff like that. So, um, but we Greg and I were. Pretty Involved mainly in the videos and also you know you kind of had to be involved in a way because you didn't have any money you know you you, <laughs> you 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 didn't really get any money you get maybe a few grand from the record company to make the video so so you really had to come up with interesting things uh you know you had to find a good location and you had to do interesting things while you were there because otherwise um you know you ran out of ran out of time and ran out of <laughs> money and it's so, just like the credits roll super early if you run out of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah. Well, there's one last question that we ask everybody, and then we'll let you uh, enjoy your day. Thanks so much, Colin. You've been a lot of fun. We've had a blast with you. Hope you've had a good time. Is this a trick question? No, it it's an not. it's an easy one. We ask everybody this. So you're uh, you're on tour either with uh, minute work or, or solo work, and you uh, you go into a gas station. I don't know if you know. Uh, over yeah, we go to a gas station, and uh, what is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and I would get a Three Musketeers bar because it's the most ounces, and they're all the same price. What is your uh, What is your gas station snack food of choice? A Klondike. Oh, mm. what would you do for a Klondike That's bar? Fantastic. Good call, Colin. I like that answer. Well played. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. It's cool. It's refreshing. Yes. It's sw- good call. It made me want one. It did. Not every day. Not every day. Only it's a special. That's a know, treat. Yeah. Most days you go, I'm going to have, no, I'm not going to, not today. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's but, great. But, you know, one, once every now and again, a Klondike on, on a, is, is, you can't beat it. Well, That's you have been a, a, a treat at a Klondike bar to the ears of our listeners. You've been wonderful, <laughs> Colin. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. Right. And we'll, uh, we'll be in touch for sure. All right. Take care, guys. Thank See you so you. much. Have a nice day. This is the Great Song Podcast. There we go. That Kids. was fun. Colin Hay. Good times. What in the world? We do this every now and then where we just get blown away by the <laughs> fact that we get to do this because we, basically we trick these artists by making them think that we are somebody. <laughs> we don't do it on purpose, but there's just some there's just something magical about JP's artist getting <laughs> skills that makes us punch above our weight class. And so we just talked to Colin Hay. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. That's it's right. insane. So anyway, we okay. still geek out about this stuff. We do. We're always going to be nerds uh-huh. because we are nerds. We're not. We're not music industry professionals. You know, <laughs> we're just dorks who like music. Who started a podcast. My shorts have like seven pockets. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And I wear socks with sandals. There we go. So, uh, yeah. So okay, all right. But, but we said before we went, but 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 but, but we said before we went, uh, we were going to talk about some covers because there are some noteworthy covers. The way, um, of the way you did that reminded me of something. I've just got to touch on real quick. Okay. Have you noticed? I heard somebody say this. There's no B batteries, like because oh. people be like batteries. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there is a double A, double A, triple A, C. Go straight to C. No B batteries. No B batteries. Give me some triple B batteries. batteries. Well, what you know? You know who would use those though? George Thorogood. Oh, yes. Right. Batteries. That's good. Yes. I mean, he would have been the prime spokesman That's right. for Put B Batteries. Put him on the billboard. Dude. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> like, 
Dude, that's I mean, good. Yes, wow. so good. You can't you can't uh, write these kinds of jokes. No way. They just have to happen in advance. That's that's I mean, the, that's that's the, the hidden the jewel for you guys that hung around for right. for the episode, the interview, you get, and you're just like, what is left? You get probably our first George Thorogood mention ever, ever. right? And it's battery related, and it's shorts related. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's that's worth hanging around. That's oh, the mission right there. Covers. Okay, let's talk, let's about, talk about covers of Overkill. Um, and you can be the judge if this if these are covers of the Minute Work version, okay. or of the Colin Hay version. H- how many you know? are you going to talk about? I have several, so I know okay, you have a couple. Have so why don't you go? Well, uh, you, you I, I don't. Okay, I like the dashboard confessional one. Okay, from the wire tapes. Yeah, um, let's I, listen. I'm a, I'm a dashboard guy. That so. was surprising to me. That was of of the of the names that I saw. Uh, dashboard confessional was probably the most uh, most surprising. No, actually, there was one that surprised me okay. more, and I'll get there in a second. But yeah, this is Dashboard Confessional's uh, cover of Overkill from the Wire Tapes Volume One. I love that. I really so like tasty. That. Yeah. Good play. Headphones, kids. Headphones. Yes. Difference maker on this. I can't get to sleep. Of course, that's Chris Caraba. Like. I think about the implications of diving into deep and possibly the complications. It's not especially. It turns into kind of a different vibe. It's yeah, it's great. A little busier vibe. It sounds like a dashboard song. Yeah, here we go. Let's see. From overkill, day after day. Can't figure out if I love or hate this album. Night night, I, it's so simple. Let's let's stack some vocals there, kids. Yeah. But that oh man, yeah. Making use of that good harmony line. Good. I dig it. That's I good. dig it. I'm good with that. My other one, and I'm gonna talk this. You're gonna hate it, but it's maybe in my running for favorites. Okay. I love the Benjamin Gate cover. That's the one that surprised me. That's the I Benjamin lo- Gate. Love it. Let me talk about them for a minute before we go in there. Yeah. From South Africa. Uh, the gas mask logo. Yeah. They uh, did you know that this is something that I always thought was neat. I worked in a Christian bookstore. We sold a lot of their stuff. They had an endorsement deal with Oakley. From the gas mask logo, really? Yeah, they got so. And actually, Adrian, the lead singer from there, she goes by Addie now. She's got some solo stuff. It's pretty good. I really like her. She married Jeremy Camp. Oh, so how about wow. that? So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I had just kind of forgotten all about the Benjamin. Man, Gate, I love so. the Benjamin Gate. That there's an album they have called Contact. Yep. that this one's on. That this is one, yeah, so good. And I this really is like from it. 2002. So this is pre the Colin Hay acoustic version. Yes, this is a definitely. This is definitely a cover yes, correct. Of, so, but yeah, here it is. Here's the Benjamin Gates cover a little bit. You would never. You at what point do you go? Oh, this is overkill by Minute Work. Not till the lyrics come. Yeah. <laughs> It's very unique, for sure. The drums are so raw. I do want to hear a chorus. Yeah. I think I hated this the first time I listened to it, but now I'm kind of feeling it. It's big. I love it. I like it. Night after night, my heart beats so 
That's what I didn't like. That should be a major three chord. Still, an admirable cover by the Benjamin Gates. Yeah, sure. I like it. That's they definitely made it their own. It's they, different. It it's a not, different song. Does not feel like Minute Work at all. Um, let's see. Let's go. Uh, Laszlo Bain did a cover, and this is interesting because Laszlo Bain also did the theme song to Scrubs. I'm no Superman. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's that's the the theme song from Scrubs is by Laszlo Bain. Good, good and connection. So, also had this was in 1997 so this is also definitely the the minute work cover and uh this version is neat because uh, if you go watch the video colin hay is in the video they're playing in like basically the ballroom of a hotel kind okay. of thing and it looks very 1997 the video there's just this certain way of there's a certain um i don't know i just feel like everything is it just looks like a late 90s video um, and they're they're playing, and people are like, ah, loud. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's nobody else in the ballroom, but it's like tenants in the apartment, uh-huh. in the um, hotel are, you know, like, oh, what's happening? God. And they're calling down to the front desk, and the guy at the front desk is calling, hey. Okay. Um, and so he's fielding these phone calls, and then by the end of it, he goes in there, and he joins them. And he sing Colin Hay sings the last verse, and they and then he and the lead singer sing the last chorus together. Okay. Um. And and I really like the video version. The way that Colin, he has so much swagger. I don't know. It, there's nothing jokey about his performance. There's nothing like um, uh, you know, just always the like the minute work videos were a little bit winky winky. No tongue in cheek. Yeah, on this. yeah, a little tongue in cheek. And uh, there's he's just in dude and he's a rock star in this video um so go watch if you can find it it's, it's i wasn't able to find a high quality one but it's out there uh overkill by laszlo bane let's give a little bit of their version i can't get to sleep slow. it feels so slow after hearing I think about the implication but if you think about uh like um it's in that same vein as like good by better than ezra Especially that night. vibe. I worry over situations. Some enunciation for you guys there. Know we'll be yes. All right. Perhaps it's just imagination. Day after day, it reappears. Night after night, my heartbeat shows. I'll let you hear a little bit of the ending. Here's the Colin Hay section. Cover by uh, by Laszlo Bain. I you know I enjoyed that. Also, uh, John Farnham. You know John Farnham. Absolutely, you're the, the voice. voice. Yeah, great. Okay, so he had a did. Hello, he kind of pulled a Rod Stewart. You know, Rod Stewart at a certain point just did like songs from the American Songbook 
You yeah, know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's been his last like yeah. 10 albums uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, so John Farnham did like the songs from the great Australian songbook. Okay, it's a good and idea. And did a cover. And so it's okay. It's fine. You know, whatever. It's not, it actually kind of sounds like a Barry Manilow cover. Uh, okay. It's really, that's funny it's that you said Barry fun. Manilow because Barry Manilow also does the same thing. Like he went back and did like big band songs, sure. songs from the 60s, yeah. songs from the 50s. It's just, once you reach a certain age, I feel like it's just what like, you I don't start have to doing. write. I'm just going to sing songs that I want to sing. Yeah. And, give me, and sell give me 25 copies. And then, you know what? That's been huge. Huge for Rod Stewart. I yep. know for sure. I don't know how well it's going for Manilow and, and John Farnham, but like Rod Stewart sold a ton of records that way. That's, it's oh, that's it's smart. really crazy. Um, but then, uh, and then of course, who could forget uh, this classic cover uh, of Overkill by 38 Special? <laughs> what? <laughs> it is the same progression. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, oh, man. Good call. This is Hold On Loosely by 38 Special. Dude, I'm so mad. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't get too sleep. <laughs> Think about the implications. Man, that's hilarious. Oh, yes, Rob. For the right. All right, sorry. Dude, that was, it doesn't work all the way through. That was but great. Man, that was great. Oh, I love that. So good. <laughs> it's definitely close enough where I think w- one way or the other, you could probably get a decent mashup of Absolutely. the two and make it, make it work. Man, so. that, was, that was wonderful. I've been, I've been waiting on that one. Uh, all right. And then the other I had was the, the Dashboard Confessional version. So I think that's got all the, okay. all the major ones that we needed to cover as far as, uh, as, far as cover. So we hope you guys stuck around for those because uh, I, I really wanted everyone to hear my that 38 so special good. joke. I was, I was so excited good, about man. it. That was I was trying to think of uh, things that are actually like, man, that's overkill or something oh. to throw in. And I was, I thought of this b- billboard that I saw that it was like, I think I wrote it down. It said George at georgegeorge.com. <laughs> something has an email address. I don't remember if it was a lawyer, an or injury lawyer. lawyer or something. It was like email george at georgegeorge.com. <laughs> I saw that one. And then I was trying. Or maybe that was George of the Jungle trying to make his first email address. There you go. It could be. <laughs> I saw that one. And then I was thinking about people with like, Really big tires, you know, on trucks. <laughs> yeah. Just those guys. Yeah. Just those guys. That's overkill, man. That's, 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 that's overkill. You know what? We'd love to hear it from you. What have you seen, read, or heard that was just overkill? George, we'd love to hear from you that's in right. your big truck. If you are George at georgegeorge.com. <laughs> Driving around in your big truck with yeah. 72 air fresheners in the front of your car, <laughs> all the pine trees hanging. Yeah. Please, uh, please we want to know. It. What have you seen that is just overkill? Let us know. At Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Great Song Pod, uh, or join the Facebook group, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. If you want to be a part of producing the show and go the extra mile, you can support us on Patreon uh, by going to patreon.com slash great song pod. Uh, and we can in turn say thanks by giving you things like early release, bonus material, weekly new episodes, fresh episodes at the end of the season, all a whole bunch of ways we can say thank you. We appreciate it so much. Every single one of you listening literally around the world, from Saudi Arabia uh, to to Oregon, we really appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, and uh, we are so grateful for every single one of you. And uh, we'd love to see you online. So make sure you say hey uh, when you see us. And uh, I think that's it. Season eight rolling on. Number three. We're already three twentieths of the way. I'm not good at math. That was so good. That's, that's the smallest it's, I can get those fractions. It's one off of uh, seven. That what? Seven. I don't even understand what that means. Three right. times seven is twenty-one. Okay. Okay. So, so we're I'm all, getting there. We're a seventh of the way through. Essentially, go. is what you're telling me here. I'll oh. trust you on that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother through that. Okay. We'll see you guys next week with another great song as season eight rolls along. Until carry, then, carry, I'm Rob. Carry the one. JP. No, yeah. JP. All right. Go listen to some music. <laughs>